What is up, Internet? Welcome to a random podcast, educational thing, YouTube video, wherever you're consuming this. Today, I want to talk a little bit about human trafficking and grooming. Now, if you follow me on social media, please do at Randy King Live on everything. I am creating a new course called The Realities of Escalation. And in this class, we're going to talk about legal parameters, pre-attack indicators, boundary setting, all the kind of soft skills education that I'm known for in the industry at kind of an instructor level. And then we're going to also create a more basic level of training for this. So in my research for the realities of escalation, I've come across a couple of really interesting models when it comes to human trafficking and the predation that happens there. So some interesting stats, um, a really cool cycle model of grooming that we can talk about and just some interesting education out there that I think is applicable and will be free because it's so applicable to the situation we're in. So yes, there'll be more information on the realities of escalation course, but this information is so important that I think we should have it. So I'm letting it out here on the podcast because we couldn't find a podcast guest this week. Um, debates are tough. If you ever want to debate, give me a shout. And also, uh, it's becoming Christmas time, and it's er, it's becoming the holiday season, not just Christmas, but holidays for a lot of people, and it's harder and harder to book people on the show. So today, as a treat, we're going to do an educational class on the stages of grooming. There are six stages. Uh, this is particularly pointed towards human trafficking. Now, when it comes to human trafficking, we can gauge the type of traffickers into three separate categories. So category number one is grabbers. People just kidnap and grab people. Now, this seems to be what most people believe the lion's share of human trafficking is. And uh, the studies show it's not. That's only grabbers uh, in this model only show about 10% of the total amount of trafficking that's happening. So when it comes to stage one, the grabbers, only 10% of the time is that the case when it comes to human trafficking, which bodes poorly on realizing that most human trafficking comes from people that are known to the victim. Now you've heard me say this at nauseum, but it bears repeating even in human trafficking, it's not people grabbing kids up. So all of the people being like, Oh, all these mask laws are increasing human trafficking because people can like hide what kids faces look like and, and put duct tape over their mouths. Maybe it is, but on the grabber side, people grabbing people, it's not necessarily the case. Now, grabbing does happen. I have been to a First Nations reserve here in Canada, way, way up north, where the kids on the reserve actually know what the grabbing van looks like. They know it's a white van. They know the motive of the grabbers. They know that they use their... The grabbers use a tactic where they'll cause trouble on one side of the county and then go grab kids on the other side of the county. So it does happen. There are people that use this grabbing type mentality, but again, it's only 10% of the total accrued cases of human trafficking. So we're not going to be discussing that today, but it's very important for you to understand. The next is um, grantors. Grantors are people that give the trafficked human or exploited person. So not just trapped, but also exploited. So maybe using the same city for sexual content and or work abuse. Granters are people with authority that use that authority to put people into a place of 
tra- of being trafficked. So put them into effectively modern day slavery. The grantors, the people that give them some kind of benefit when they're predating, again, smaller chunk of it. It's usually somebody known to the victim in a place of power. So it could be a coach. It could be a, a spiritual leader. It could be a teacher. It could be somebody they have some vested interest in, which then they use that power to to place the people into this trafficking cycle. And last but not least is the groomers. And we're going to be talking primarily today about grooming. The groomers are people who have a connection to the person with no vested point of authority. And they use a cycle in order to create a environment where they are allowed to predate on these people in multiple occasions. One of the greatest books I've read on this topic is the book called Pimp by Iceberg Slim. I highly recommend everybody checks that book out because he talks about how to get more use out of a person who's being exploited. In this case, a sex worker as he is a pimp, right? So he knows how to get sex workers, primarily prostitutes, which he's talking about because sex workers is a whole cavalcade of things from webcam workers to strippers, uh, prostitutes primarily, he learns how to get more quote unquote from the book mileage out of them. So he put them in this in this cycle of grooming and went through all of the phases in order to exploit them to the maximum amount they're going to be exploited. Now, this is the goal of the trafficker, especially in a grooming phase, is to get as much use out of the person as possible. So we want to have the uh, ability, they want to have the ability to use them for the maximum amount of time and then discard them and move on to the next subject. When we're talking about human trafficking, um, especially with grooming, the cases that we're seeing, while it does happen at all ages in the spectrum, it really happens between the the lion's share of this is happening uh, between the ages of 11 and 16 And the reason why is, as we've talked about before, the human brain doesn't fully stop forming until the age of 25. So from the ages of 11 to 16, teenagers on that spectrum are hyper susceptible to pleasure centers. So they are more susceptible to compliments, gifts, more susceptible to people linking themselves to them to create a need, as we'll talk about later to then exploit that person further. So when we're looking at this, uh, primarily the grooming cycle, while it can happen ages 16 and above, the from what we've seen with the data we have right now, because this could change at any point in time, as always, what we see at this moment is that the kids are uh, from 11 to 16 years old because they're so susceptible to being groomed at this time. Now, the model we're going to play with today for the phases of grooming is six is a six-stage model. So for today's talk, we're going to assume there's six stages of grooming, and we're going to go through each one of those stages individually. So an overview of the six stages of grooming are number one is selection. As we talk about all of our self-defense stuff, you have to be selected. Then there is trust building and information gathering. That's the next phase. So once I've selected you, I need to gain your trust and gain information from you so I can leverage that information. Then there's filling a need. So the person who's trying to manipulate or exploit the person they are dealing with needs to fill a need in that person's life. Then they need to isolate them. That's stage four, isolation. They need to isolate the people from their support structures, economic structures, make them weak 
in ways to make them more reliant upon the trafficker or predator in this case. Then the after that's happened and they've separated them, there's an evolution that happens and slowly, stage by stage, up and up the abuse starts to happen. So whether that is emotional, or emotional, mental, physical, sexual exploitation, it starts to happen and it starts to gauge up. There's an evolution of this. So it's not an instant switch from um, isolation to this, but it, it could happen instantly depending on the violence and coercion that happens. But we're looking at this from a spectrum of predation. That's when the whatever abuse was intended starts to happen. And then last but not least, the sixth stage of this is maintaining control of the person. So six stages, one more time of the grooming cycle, selection, then trust building and information gathering, followed by filling a need. The person needs to fill a need in their life. They need to isolate them from their support structures. Then the abuse starts to happen and it has to happen in a way that they can maintain control. So let's walk all these out a little bit. So the selection phase, I talk about this in my online course, Realities of Violence, and we talk about it though in a instantaneous self-defense model, being they selected you because of whatever vulnerabilities they believe you have. Selection, when it comes to this type of predation, they tend to target victims with noticeable vulnerabilities, whether they're emotional, maybe it's loneliness, neediness, lack of uh, emotional content or contacts in their environment, or it could be economic stress. Maybe the people are poor or broke. They're going to use these leverage points. So they could get you emotionally. They could work off your loneliness or they could work off an economic need to traffic this or to, to get you into the cycle to traffic you. Social media apps, uh, unfortunately are above and beyond the best way for people to do this. You can make connections with people you may not have made. And it makes selection a lot easier because of the amount of open source information we give out. If you want more information, open source information gathering, feel free to jump onto my podcast with Chris Pendas, uh, Randy King Live with. We talk all about open source information gathering and what you give away when you are sharing stuff on Facebook. After the selection process, we get to that second stage. So they've selected you. They've picked you because of whatever vulnerability they believe you have. Whether they're correct or incorrect doesn't matter. And I want you to remember, you can make no mistakes and still be selected, right? Just because the predator chose you doesn't mean they chose you correctly. They might've made a wrong assumption. So please don't blame yourself if you have been selected by this because you can make zero mistakes and still be selected for violent crime. There is no 100% immunity force field that exists for this. So after they selected you, they need to build a relationship with you, gain trust and gain more information from you to leverage, to keep you into that area and ultimately maintain control the sixth stage of this. So gathering information is always key because they can learn who you like, who you dislike, who your social structures are, where you generate strength and support. So maybe you generate strength in church. They're going to want to isolate you in the isolation phase from your congregation. This can be done through casual conversation, through tra- ch- through trading up of DMs and uh, messages. This can be done through asking your friends and family about you because a lot of open source information gathering is talking to people around you. Sad, hard fact is many victims are first groomed by a family member. 
And when it comes to selling people into human trafficking, sexual slavery, work-based slavery, 50% of the time it's a family member or somebody really, really close to you. So I don't, it, we have this mentality of stranger danger and family safe, but if you actually study violence in the real world, strangers are less likely to do horrific violent crime, much more low-level violent crime. And family members are way more likely to horrific stuff, but way less minor stuff. So even though we have the stranger danger concept, like I said, only 10% of human trafficking cases are from grabbers. The rest are from people with some kind of best interest, place of authority, grantors, and or regular groomers who are trying to build the relationship with you. So it's icky, but unfortunately, family members seem to be one of the biggest problems when it comes to human trafficking. So after they get that trust, they build trust in you. So you now trust this person. They, they, you know, your friends, they're friendly. They're playing a part. They've gathered all the information they need in order to predate in the way they wish to predate. We then move into filling a need. Now, filling a need is super important. And one of the most crucial steps for the trafficker. They need to fill the need you are missing. So if we go back to Iceberg Slim's book, Pimp. He filled an economic need for these women. They needed money and safety. He filled both of those needs, which then made them indentured to him. This is kind of the playbook of all of this trafficking and exploitation is they need to fill a need in your, in your life. So the information they gather allows the trafficker to, to find what that need is, making the victim dependent on them. Um, they might buy you gifts. They might become your friend. They might link your self-worth to them. They might make it seem like they're the only person you can be yourself around or they're the only person that understands you. And this really messes up some people. So understand that filling a need is the most important part for the trafficker in order to continue on these stages of grooming. If they can't find a need to fill, very, very hard for them to continue on this cycle. This is why we talk about boundary setting, both enforcing and reinforcing strong boundaries. They're not going to select a person who they can't fill a need for. So if you already have a strong social structure, a strong economic structure, there's no vulnerabilities in your gates for them to try and crash through. After that need is filled, they need to isolate you in order to make sure they have a monopoly on that need. So this is the time they're going to start separating from your friends, your family, your, your recreational activities, your hobbies. They might use drugs to get you addicted so your family stops talking to you. They might use coercion, gaslighting. They might do a whole bunch of different things that will then allow them to isolate you from other people. The more they isolate that victim, the more they isolate the target, the more power and control they gain. In a lot of these cases, the only person the victim has is the trafficker. And this builds trauma bonds and a whole bunch of other issues that are going to pop up later on in the cycle. But the more they trust, the more the need is filled and the more isolated they are, the more power the predator gets over the intended victim. So they're going to try to be alone with them as much as possible. They're going to try to be a major player in that person's life, somebody they can't live without. They're going to use this tactic to make sure that when they do move to the next stage, which is the, the abuse stage, that when they do start abusing this person, they have nowhere to go, no one will believe them, or they believe that 
this is their fault. And what we're seeing consistently across the board through all of the research we're doing here on this grooming cycle is the victim almost always blames themselves. Now, whether this is domestic abuse, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's just child abuse, you hurting, not you, somebody hurting a child does not make the child not love that person. It makes them not love themselves. The victim almost always blames themselves. So in this, if they isolate the person and they have this need filled by this person, if they do something wrong, they're going to blame themselves for it. They're not going to blame the attacker. Now, I know this is an insane thought process to get around, but remember, they've already built trust. They've already isolated this person and made themselves a major player in their life. They've relied everything on this person. So of course they're going to assume if this person was so good to them and they became this major player in their life that they did something incorrectly. This is why you can see, or this is why you see uh, victims, uh, domestic abuse getting abused constantly. You see uh, victims of trafficking with horrible, horrible wounds on them to keep the people in place out of fear, but also out of isolation. Where are you gonna go? I'm the only person that cares for you. You've abandoned the rest of your support structures. So after that is the abuse phase. This would come from physical abuse to emotional abuse to sexual abuse. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we talk about here. We're not going to get big onto this in this little mini podcast talk, but I want you to understand that after the first four stages is done, stage five is when the actual goal of the first four stages starts to come, where they start to come to fruition. They start to gain the fruit they're looking for by planting the seed in the first stages. So whether they're trying to physically abuse you, exploit you, sexual abuse, selling you for work, for organs, for sexual exploitation, whatever that is, that's going to happen now that they've established themselves in your life. Last but not least in this chat is, of course, the maintaining control phase. Now, they're obviously going to want to maintain control because if they don't, they cannot continue to predate on this person. Now, this is unlike other process predators. If you follow the work, asocial, social, asocial predation, predator type, resource predators enjoy the process and it's a longer process usually than a, than a resource-based one. So if a process predator is doing it, it takes a while, hence process. Resource is quick. When we talk self-defense, we almost always only talk about the quick snapshot, right? You're in an alley being mugged, you, your uh, drink was drugged, you're in a bar bathroom, you know, you've been attacked, uh, this or that, right? Carjacking. We talk about these microcosms, but we don't talk about the long-term effects of violence, and that's really what I'm trying to focus on here um, with my work and going forward with the reality of escalation course that's coming out here soon, is that people, uh, in this case, if they're going through a cycle, they're, they're treating this more like a harvest, right? They're planting seeds to grow for later. So it's step-by-step, step. It's, it's not all instantaneous. Again, if you were grabbed, different experience. But if we're talking primarily about grooming, they need to build you up to tear you down in their specific manner. So for all of that, now they've done it, they've started to abuse the person they've targeted and that person is now accepting it. They want to maintain control of that to continue to get what they need. So whether they're exploiting them for resources or sexual predation or power and dominance or torture or organ harvesting or whatever is happening here, they need to maintain control over that victim and potentially multiple victims, right? They might have 
multiple sex workers in their employ that they are abusing entirely because they transported them across country and now they're making their money via sex work. So in many cases, the trafficker is going to maintain control through threats, through violence, fear, through blackmail, right? They could potentially blackmail you like, hey, you want to go call your father, but I remember hearing that your dad doesn't like this. He's a good Christian fellow or whatever. Insert any religion here. This is not a shot at Christians. And they've decided that they would disown you if this happened. So I have video proof of you doing this. I'll send that to your father if you try and leave. Important, this blackmail keeps a lot of people stuck in that spot because they don't want to expose or blow up the lives of other people. Again, the victim blames himself. So instead of the victim being like, oh, my dad will get over it, the victim's going to think something like, I don't want to put my father through this. I will continue to keep suffering in this state. Victims blame themselves. They very rarely blame the people around them. Even if the person gets away, and this is one of the hardest hurdles, I think, for a lot of people who are in recovery or who are helping people in recovery of being trafficked, is many victims have loyalty to their abusers because of the way this grooming cycle is set up. This creates trauma bonds. Not all the memories will be bad with this person. So it's very hard to understand as someone who didn't live through it that somebody could allow horrible things to happen to them and still have warm feelings towards the abuser. But we see this consistently across the board. Trauma bonds are deep bonds. Adrenaline digs deeper bonds than almost anything else. So trauma will bond people to each other. If somebody leaves a horrific situation, domestic abuse, child abuse, right? Kids that are abused, don't, again, they don't not love their parents. There's that bond there. Uh, People domestic abuse still think sometimes about the partner and the good times and maybe it could have worked out. We as people need to, if we're dealing with somebody in recovery who has got out of the control phase, we need to realize that good memories may be attached to horrific things that happen. These are trauma bonds. You might find it almost impossible to figure out, but it is important because everybody's process is going to be different when they're dealing with these sort of feelings. So. This is just a very, very, very small sample of what we're going to be covering in the uh, Reality of Escalation class. I thought this was important. I think more people should know what grooming is. So really quick synopsis that we can use maybe as a, as a marketing gimmick or a shorter thing. Understanding what grooming is. So there's three types of grooming. We talked about uh, with so three types of, of uh, selection. There's grabbers, granters, and groomers. When they are selecting the person for the grooming, they are going to select somebody who has weaknesses in some area. So they have weaknesses in the area. They have been selected for violence. We want you to understand one more time as a synopsis, grooming is the precursory phase. It's the first part of the abuse cycle. It's getting the person prepared to experience the horrific things that are potentially going to experience going forward. Again, they usually pick children, teens, or vulnerable adults. Teenagers specifically are picked and exceptionally vulnerable to this because their pleasure centers are more engaged. They are more receptive to gifts and compliments than people who are older, especially after 25 when your neocortex has fully formed. 
the stages of grooming. The most important part of this is there is six stages of grooming. One more time, selection. They need to select you and then groom you. They need to build trust in the second phase and gather information to see if they can exploit you. Number three, they need to fill a need in your life and become a very important person. Number four, they need to isolate you from the rest of your support structures. Take you away or convince you everybody is against you through gaslighting, through coercion, through uh, manipulation. Then there's the abuse phase and then the abuse phase has to continue into stage six, which is maintain control. I hope this gives you at least a snapshot of information on what grooming looks like when it comes specifically to human trafficking, but you can supersede this lesson onto child abuse, domestic abuse, all of those things. They kind of follow the same stages because you can groom people not just to be trafficked, but for many other stages of predation. All right, everyone, that's all I wanted to talk about today. I hope this was super helpful to you. Don't forget, if you want more information like this, join us on Facebook at the Randy King Live community page. You just got to answer a quick question. How'd you hear about us? I share way more information there than anywhere else. So if you want more stuff like this, jump on the Randy King Live community on Facebook. We can talk there. Follow us on Instagram. And of course, for deeper dives, classes, etc., jump on Patreon. I hope you're all doing well. I hope the holiday season treats you well. And we will talk to you all soon.